What's going on everyone? This is Devin Roberts. Happy Wednesday and back again with Young Controversy to bring you interesting news topics and everything that I find that I think you might want to hear about going on in the world today. And to start off, we have something that I find extremely interesting. If you hadn't been paying attention over the last couple weeks to science news, or maybe that's not really your thing because that's not really what I go into here, pretty interesting piece of information. A scientist by the name of He Jiangqiu, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, from Shenzhen, China, wound up actually doing the first human gene DNA alteration ever recorded in history. It was, it's huge deal in the scientific community. There was a um, summit a few weeks ago, the International Human Genome Convention, where scientists from all around the world come together to discuss discoveries and the future of gene splicing and DNA study. Well, he Jiangqiu, which is the scientist who did this, wound up coming to this convention and professing that he had changed two twins' DNA to actually be resistant to the AIDS virus. They were no longer as susceptible or maybe susceptible at all to receiving AIDS. Two twins, Nana and Lulu, both Chinese girls. But that's not really even the interesting part of the story, although the fact that this was done is a big deal. What's interesting is after this announcement, about a week went by and no one has actually heard from him. He has not been heard from, literally he, has not been heard from at all since that announcement and about a few days after. Some people are saying that he's been detained by the Chinese government, but speculation is flying everywhere it could possibly fly. The college that he worked for claims that he hasn't been detained, but refuses to make any further comments on the issue as a whole. That's the Southern University of Science and Technology. In it's been refuting the rumors that he's been detained or that he's in hiding, which are two of the most prevalent theories, but it's very disconcerting to see someone make such a giant discovery, a discovery that has been accepted as genius by some of the scientific community and accepted as devil's work by another portion of it. So it's really, it's really disconcerting to see this kind of level genius not even be... Truly, it's, it's more interesting because an independent study hasn't been done to see if his claims are even true yet. Not on Lulu, the twins haven't been confirmed to be age-resistant in their DNA yet. This is still hasn't gone under study, so we don't know if he's even telling the truth. But the fact that he's gone missing under these circumstances is very, very worrying. And I think it's very interesting, and I hope everyone begins to follow this so that we can be found. But we all can also see where something like this goes. In annoying and wrong humans news today, we have Ruth from Slate, a writer who, if you haven't seen yet or don't know, of course, and we're America, today is a day of mourning. We are mourning one of our past presidents, um, George H.W. Bush. He was a president one, two, three presidents ago, four presidents ago, I believe, actually, um, and is a great American hero, wound up getting carried to his um, gravesite in a train that was actually named after him and we salute you as we do all presidents who have been in service but that is not the news story today exactly Be what's the news story comes from a viral photo that's been going around social media lately of George Bush's service dog Sully who has watched over him in the last near year of his life and given him companionship and helped him with opening doors and other things he's been incapable of in very trying times. 
Sully was pictured laying down in front of his casket with the American flag draped over it. Um, in a photo that's been making the rounds on Facebook to, and news sources to have been a very sad dog photo, basically. Everyone's in mourning for a past president, and it's something very sweet and heartwarming to see a dog do, so people have been sharing it. Unless you're Ruth and you work for Slate and enjoy writing hit piece articles, but I'm pretty sure I shouldn't be even giving this person's real name because I think this is kind of her game. But a new story blew up out of this where this author from Slate decided to write an article just trashing anyone who shared this photo or enjoyed it or had anything to do with it, saying that Sully had only been with George W. Bush for the last six months and had been more of a employee and not so much of a companion and that people who want to claim that this photo shows her sadness and dismay for her owner leaving or just kidding themselves that the only thing this photo shows is that the dog was at one time in a room with her former with the casket of her former employer now this article if anything was just made to upset people and get people riled up but come on are you kidding me if you could if you had to get riled up about anything on the internet anything at all it had to be the sad dog photo like of a past president there's there's such better things for people to do i was i was stunned that someone would even go about it this way like why would you consider this a good article to write why would the why would the magazine that she's writing from why would slate allow her to put something out this disrespectful and ridiculous i, I really don't understand it whatsoever bothers the mess out of me um other sad news and other letters put out that we don't like talking about are one this is kind of a psa mixed with a news story where stop harassing celebrities who do things you don't like pete davidson who's been in the news a couple times recently once for getting he was engaged to Ariana Grande, one of the biggest stars anywhere right now. Their engagement ended, which put him in the news. And then more recently, he was on Saturday Night Live and made fun of a wounded veteran missing an eye who was running for Congress at the time, which blew up into its own news story. Wound up apologizing, going on a newscast with the veteran to promote his campaign and the apology in itself and kind of made his way out through that. But on that path he has gathered a ton of haters for what he said against the veteran and fans of ariana grande who will hate any of her ex-boyfriends that exist who have been sending him i'm sure unbelievable amounts of hate mail and evil just nasty things on the internet and he came out on twitter in the last couple days to say that one it, it got to him that it bothered him that he got that much hate mail that people shouldn't attack others for things that they know nothing about when you don't know someone's life and that no matter how much the internet asked him to kill himself he was not going to this is wow one props for pete davidson for standing up for something like this and being vulnerable in a way that is sometimes difficult for big time celebrities especially male ones too and props also to ariana grande who actually shared this in a post telling all of her fans that if they ever thought they were supposed to attack Pete Davidson, give him a hard time, or that she had anything but a forever irrevocable love for him and respect for the struggles that he went through, that they got the wrong message and didn't understand what her songs meant. This, in both cases, Pete Davidson being a 
vulnerable male in a situation and in a, on a platform where it's very difficult to show your emotions and your soft side like that. You're a comedian, you're kind of off the cuff, you're very brash, very politically incorrect at times. So to come and be vulnerable and show you can be hurt will in itself bring a lot of backlash. And it has actually. He had plenty of people who have come out and said that after making fun of wounded veterans, after doing some of the things that he had done and saying some of the things he had said, he deserved this and he had no room to talk. But I completely disagree and I agree with the side of Ariana Grande where she came out as a strong, prominent woman figure who had a much stronger and larger following than Pete Davidson, knowing most of her fans were probably the attackers and told them, completely condemned them for doing so, removed herself from the situation, said she should supports him, has an unending love for him and the struggles that he goes through, even though they had recently ended their engagement. And I think that shows a lot of strength and maturity on both of them. And I just want to say to anyone who would harass Ariana or Pete Davidson for any of the recent stuff they've done, you're absolutely insane. It's one thing to talk against what someone's done. I didn't necessarily approve of Pete Davidson's comment on SNL, but that doesn't mean you get to go and attack them and say horrid things. People say things on the internet that they would never, ever say to either of them in person. And that has to stop. It has to be done away with this ridiculous anonymity and the cowardice that being behind text message and being behind written messages given people is created for a very pathetic society and it comes out the most when you see celebrities who can't escape it, who get driven to near suicidal thoughts because of evil messages that they're getting. Guys, really, really think about that for a minute and I would highly, highly suggest changing the way that it's handled. Or if you're one of those people who would go out and do something like this and send one of these messages, just don't. If you ever consume content of someone else's, whether it's comedy, whether it's a podcast, whether it's post or anything, and you take the time to then leave negativity on what they've done, something they've created or something they're joking about, that's that's a really, really, really weak and shallow thing to do, especially if you're not the type of person who's putting out or creating anything anyway. Remember, you can disagree with someone without attacking the character. In other fun news, or I guess eco-friendly news, we had a big promise brought forth from a new president of Mexico. If you didn't know, the new president's name is Andre Manuel Lopez Arbador, and he is the incumbent, the coming up president for, or not the incumbent, the president-elect for Mexico, and will soon be taking his office, and has implemented one of his campaign promises rather early that I think is pretty important. The Mexican version of Air Force One, which is just a big bomber, a Boeing 787-8 Dreamliner bomber is what they use to fly the president around most times. And recently a lot of the world's leaders have been in heavy discussion about the effects that flying private jets around can have on not only the environment but the economic effects of it. And Mexico is in a very impoverished state right now. The president elect has now said that he will be only flying commercial and will not be using that jet to fly himself in any way shape or form. He states that if he was to be flying like that in a country that was so impoverished and he was to be trying to lead it from that position, he would be embarrassed. And I think that's a that's an incredibly humble and respectable stance for an incoming president to have. And I respect you, so hats off to you, Andre Lopez, and hats off to you, Mexico, for electing someone who can fulfill his promises. I like presidents that go through on their promises, if you can't tell. 
In other news, Trump is threatening things that he shouldn't be threatening and playing with Putin in a very negative way. In our final little story in this afternoon, the IFT Treaty, which is a treaty between us and Russia that was signed by Reagan way back in the Cold War era, basically saying if your nukes are about the range where Russia could attack the United States or vice versa, you're not allowed to make them. Something from like 300 to 3,000 something miles in radius. The idea behind the treaty was mid-range nuclear warheads were not to be made or stored by either country to avoid us sitting there feeling like we were about to have our asses blown off on either side. Now, Trump has claimed that due to the fact that he believes Russia is cheating on this treaty and doing it behind our own personal back, he has said he is considering or planning, I guess, to withdraw from this treaty as of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo earlier this week. And Vladimir Putin, as you would expect, had a very excited response where he said if Trump was to do that, he would go to Moscow and start building nukes immediately. And that it was obvious that our, their American allies just wanted to escalate the arms race. I think this is another one of those things that Putin won't do. But Trump should not have said if... if we are all, I think, as citizens, pretty sure that major countries in this world are have heavy supply of nuclear warheads. If you don't think America has mid-range nuclear warheads, you have not been paying enough attention. And I'm sure Russia is the exact same way. But don't aggravate the issue like that, especially when you probably don't intend to do anything about it, which is what Trump did in this situation. Not very happy with that move on his part, but we'll see where it goes. I just want to leave that out there. That's kind of the drama that's been going on over the last couple days, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you've been checking out our Instagram and YouTube channels, putting out a lot of content over there and excited to show it to you guys. Check out our story from the last couple days. Had some fun time slinging some fire around at the beach. It'll be awesome. Just go check out our Instagram. But for today, this is Devin Roberts with Young Controversy and I have had a fantastic time talking to all of you. Thank you so much. I'm signing off. Peace.